Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play through Blendo Games' 30 Flights of Loving. Uh, we talk about many things, including non-alcoholic alcohol, and what you're actually supposed to do with your orange peels when you're done with them. And you walk up to Anita, and she's got a box of oranges, and she's just throwing orange peels on the <laughs> ground like she was raised in a barn. And You can't uh, do that? I mean, they're biodegradable. You don't do that in my house. Let me tell you, Jay. <laughs> you come over and you throw orange peels on the ground, I'm going to tell you to leave. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Behind Game Club, our nevering attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt. Today, I have three friends. How did I get three? I thought I only had two friends. Either way, my first friend is Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about good games. And my second friend is Mo Mertati. Wagwan, how's it going, guys? Third friend today is Rocco Teneglia, who's our guest host for the day. Hello. Did he just butcher your name? No, it nailed it. Oh, okay. Nailed it? Five stars. I am a professional. On the first try, I always get it. Oh, don't, don't you ever doubt me again. Don't give me those eyes. What do you say? I'm sorry, sir. Do you actually mean it, though? <laughs> no. <I'm kidding. laughs> Today we're going to talk about 30 Flights of Loving. Uh, it's an interesting one that I feel like Mike should maybe tell us more about. I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, so 30 Flights of Loving is a game by Brendan Chung of Blendo Games, the developer behind Adam Zombie Smasher and Flotilla, uh, as, long as, as well as Gravity Bone and some others. Uh, it was a game that was developed as part of the Idle Thumbs Kickstarter. So when Idle Thumbs decided to come back as a podcast, uh, one of the rewards for backing it was a copy of 30 Flights of Loving that was partly funded by this Kickstarter. It is a uh, tongue-in-cheek first-person shooter, uh, as, as uh, described by the creator of the game. <sighs> And uh, Mo's giving me some eyes because hey, he's Mo. like, I did not use a gun in that <laughs> I, game. I understand you're an expert on first-person shooters. Is this a first-person shooter? No. Okay. okay. Actually, wait, yo, there, there were guns. There were some guns and bullets. Positivity. See, we're, we're <laughs> starting well. We're, we're getting closer to what Mo loves. Yeah. So, he's uh, transcended. <laughs> it's, it's a really interesting game. It's very cinematic. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it has an interesting art style. Very blocky. Uh, Wacky characters, and I, I think I think we're going to leave it at that and hop into the discussion. Absolutely. Before we do that, um, how did you play the game, Mike? Starting with you. So I played it on my MacBook Air. Rocco, uh, Mike's MacBook Air, no mouse. Great. And Mo, surprise, Mike's MacBook Air, no mouse. <laughs> and I played it on my MacBook Pro uh, with a mouse. So this, Lucky. this podcast brought to you in part by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did announce a new iPhone. Did you hear about that? I, That's a thing. I did hear a thing about that. Mm-hmm. Got an X in it. Phones. Phones are a thing. Yep. Infinite progress of technology. Yo, where did the nine go? That's what I want to know. <laughs> right. They're gonna get to. The, it's like the Xbox. They're gonna get to the, the one that actually is called that. The infinite. What do they call it now? <laughs> it's like the Mega Man of. No, they literally. Uh, someone already said that joke. Pulled the Microsoft. Windows eight and then Windows ten. Mm-hmm. Bang bang. Right. <laughs> so, uh, thirty flights of loving. Tell somebody just start us off. It's like a thirty-minute game, right? Yeah. No. Even shorter. <laughs> Much shorter. Right? Did, did anyone time how long it took me to play it? I, I didn't time how long it took. I timed myself. It took Rocco and I both forty-five minutes to play through it because no we way. played With through the it caveat. twice. With oh. the caveat. We played yeah. once, uh, you know, standard playthrough, and then the second time with developer commentary. Okay, and I did that too, and it took me twenty-eight. 
Damn. I read really fast. Whoa, you or read. I don't read at all. <laughs> it took me the, the, the and we know those proper took me sixteen minutes. And then I played a little bit of Gravity Bone and then I jumped into the commentary thing and it took me a little longer that time. Oh. No, I, yeah. I, I just off a hunch, it seemed like it went by really fast. I feel like fifteen minutes. Yeah, right around there. It's a very short game. Definitely. Uh, as as we found out in the developer commentary, it was initially a prototype for Gravity Bone, I believe. And uh, it was brought back when the Idle Thumbs guys reached out to Brandon Chung and said, hey, do you want to make a game for this Kickstart, for this podcast? Um, and so they brought this prototype back from the grave, pieced some things together, fixed it up a bit, and, uh, and went from there. Mm-hmm. And so, also fun Idle Thumbs reference, uh, Chris Remo, one of the hosts of the Idle Thumbs, does all the music for the game, which I think was like a real high point. I don't know. Absolutely. Maybe we should talk about music right now. Yeah. What did you guys think about the music? I don't remember much of the music. I guess I played it like maybe what, 45 minutes ago. Damn, um, though. Yeah. And there, I usually do, if it, if it was on my own system, I would be wearing like my headphones and I would have no distractions around me. I guess I didn't have distractions and I was wearing my headphones. I don't know. I don't remember the music much. Though. Yeah, I don't remember the music, but the sound effects. I remember like some yeah. of the sound effects and being very happy when I went into the bar first I saw the bar and I'm like, oh, I'm going to drink all this liquor. I did too. I did too. Wait, was there a logic? It was non-alcoholic. It was all non-alcoholic. What? It said maple leaf something non-alcoholic. Yes, yes, yes. There was a, there was a thing on the side of the wall that was like a prohibition tag. And then that's why when you, well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. When you go into the back room, it's like, this is like the, we're, we're running booze. This is illegal. Did you guys read the newspaper at the loading menu? No. No. Okay. So the loading menu, when you decide whether you're going to start the game, go into options or quit, there's a newspaper that surrounds all of that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And all of those options are within essentially an ad panel on the newspaper. Um, and it really sets up a bit of the world. Um, very David Foster Wallace-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, very out there. Very weird. And a lot of turns of phrases that you, you wouldn't expect um, in normal conversation. So it is very... Give us an uh, example of some of the... You know what? I, I don't have it pulled up, but there were a lot of phrases that were like capitalized, and you could tell like this was meant as a phrase uh, to denote some things. Uh, I'm having a hard time. That was a super ambiguous way of explaining yeah, no, it. You're I, like, there it were letters. Words. I'm, I'm drowning here. You put me on the spot, and <laughs> I need water wings. <laughs> Instead, we threw you a brick. Yeah. Uh, but you were saying uh, the newspaper... Told you things. So it helps set up the world. There you go. Then you jump into it, and there's a staircase, and you see a bunch of, I guess, newspaper clippings on the side, or newspaper headlines. And you read, you see, you know, I think it's a picture of Tesla, and it's like President President Mecca Tesla or something along those lines. Uh, and you kind of understand that this is not your like typical world. Uh, you turn the corner, you see a, a note about uh, how this bar has to be kept without alcohol. Mm-hmm. It was a license to not have alcohol. Yeah. Something along those lines. That's I why that I drank all that alcohol. Okay? I'll help you guys out. Yeah, that non-alcoholic. Uh, I had a big chuckle. I think Rocco gave me a look uh, when I turned the corner and I just saw the two men at the bar with the exact same face staring at me with their blockheads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I realized they weren't doing anything or saying anything, I jumped the bar and drank all of that non-alcoholic yeah, yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's naturally what you do when you see blockheads. You're like, guess what? Drink all your liquor. And also steal all of your bullets. Because you could do that too. (laughs) And and like all of the guns. Yeah, so before we get to all of the guns, uh, you end up in this bar looking at uh, a wall full of paintings and portraits. Mm -hmm. 
and for a moment there you're like, okay, this can't be it. I have to be missing something. And then you realize you can press the action button on one of the paintings and a secret door opens and you walk through and you see, wait, before you walk to this room, did you guys click on the last bar stool? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. No. Did no, you do something? You no, know, the one bar stool that the guy was sitting on, this, the customer, I guess, when you click it, it moves away into the bar and comes back out. No other functionality. I was hoping I'd get some <laughs> feedback from you guys, but you guys just all were hammered and walked through a door. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't even bother. It, like, it was very, like, an un, like it, the bar stool, just the red little seat portion, <clears throat> zipped underneath the bar and came back. I was like, Maybe that was supposed to do something, or maybe it's just like a functionality that was supposed to do something, and they took it out last minute. I don't know. There's nothing in the commentary or anything that mentioned it? Uh, honestly, I, don't, I didn't see any of that I, in the commentary. I, I have a theory later. that When we get to the commentary, maybe I'll talk about Okay. I, okay. I, I have a theory about that. Okay. Okay. Could be so, so once you open up this secret door you walk through, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like water falling from... From, uh, a pipe, a right? Pipe. Yeah, yeah. And the developer commentary for that was like really cool because uh, Brendan Chung talks about how uh, if you want, it wasn't actually a tall vertical space. They just made the dots uh, shorter and shorter distance, so it mm-hmm. perceived as if it was a uh, larger space. And he says like, if you want to, if you want some cool tips about how to like trick people with perception and stuff, go check out Disneyland and or casinos. He said two ways. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was very interesting. Um, and I know obviously he's got a lot in common with the Idle Thumbs guys because they are obsessed with Disneyland and how it is designed like a, a real life video game. And sorry, who's part of Idle Thumbs again? Who are the three guys? So right now the hosts of Idle Thumbs are Chris Remo, Jake Rodkin, and Nate Brecken. Uh, but the original three-ish, uh, from what I remember, are Chris Remo, Jake Rodkin, and Sean Vanneman. Uh, Sean Vanneman was just in the news lately because he, uh, he posted that Campo Santo, the developer of Firewatch, and uh, they're going to be pulling DCMA requests on all PewDiePie's content. Ooh, poor PewDiePie. And you've seen the latest on that. There are a bunch of people that are re- negative review bombing Firewatch on Steam because of it. What? It's two sides of the coin, I guess. Gamers. With a Z. Gamers. Four Zs. Uh, so uh, water flowing from the ceiling and geese. There were geese. Yeah, I love the geese. You push sound. the geese. So you walk through that <laughs> this weird passage, and then you end up in a room with two people. Mm-hmm. Jacob, who are the two? Uh, Maria. Anita. Anita <laughs> and Close. and yeah. the. Dude, William Borges. 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 Like, like the author, right? Borges. Bor- Borges. You like William S. Burroughs? No, Borges, <laughs> the the magical realism author. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a Colombian author. Uh, wrote, I think, The Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was, uh, you know, hugely influential. Um, he's the demo man, is he not? Uh, yes. So William Borges is like the demo man, mm-hmm. and uh, you get these really cool vignettes and you, it's the first time you get jump cuts uh in the game where you go up to them and you interact with them and then you get these very quick three uh three vignette stories of what they do and what their roles are mm-hmm. it's actually four or five so oh, it might be four or five. Five. Yeah. yeah very quick yeah. but you you understand that uh the i think anita is a demolitions she's mechanic uh is she the pilot or is william the pilot I don't it almost remember. doesn't matter. Right, it doesn't matter. Because the whole point is, like, it's such a short time, it's like, all right, 
these are like the cliche things that you do in a heist. Mm-hmm. And um, it almost doesn't matter. Like, like you notice that you're part of it, but like they've already taken up all the jobs. So like, there's like nothing that your character right. can be doing. Like, are you like the brawn or whatever? But it, so it just shows that like all these jobs are happening. So like it very quickly says we're criminals and like we're good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you learn, I think, very quickly that, like, oh, there is something way more to this situation than, than what we're let on. There's a, a trap door, a secret door. Uh, there's a plane waiting. Uh, you find out that these people that you're surrounded by with bullets and guns all over the place mm-hmm. have all of these other benefits, like safe cracking and demolitions, and it's a pilot, and it's sharp a mechanic, shooters. and sharpshooting. Yeah, I thought in the developer commentary when they talk about all yeah, the different yeah. ways that they showed sharpshooting... I thought that was very cool because one of the ways that they were going to do it was show a podium with three people with rifles, but it's like, that doesn't... Yeah, Brandon Chung said that didn't feel right, Exactly, right? yeah. Because it wasn't about glamorizing violence, was it? No, I, I think it, it was... It was about her being recognizable. If exactly. she was a world-class sharpshooter, people would go, aren't you that person? Like, she's <laughs> yeah. a criminal, so she can yeah. die. But then again... Don't like, you kill people for a living? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, so when I played this, when I got to that portion where you saw the dude and the lady and you got those little vignettes of like what they did... I had no idea what was going on. I don't know how you guys put together there was like a heist or anything like that, but at that point, because I played without the commentary maybe, or maybe I'm just slow. <laughs> no, no, I don't think what you expect at all. No, came in completely fresh. I was told about the game a couple days ago. Right. And uh, I, I went to it fresh, completely didn't know anything about it. And then I jumped in, I saw like all those little quick things. By the way, those little quick little snapshot video things were awesome so really cool, cool. So yeah good. so cool like it was really 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 i don't even know what was cool about it i think it was just it was quick they had different personalities and from my point of view and i'm playing a new game i'm kind of like just collecting information yeah so i was trying to almost memorize what were their roles what are they in case mm-hmm. i need to find them later on and i need to like yeah i thought maybe they're gonna put me in a situation where i was in a room with a bunch of different people or they said find a pilot or find a confectionary person right. and I'd have to be like which one was that one yeah, yeah. I'm like sure who's the best man yeah. is he Amino yeah. or is it William because they're each in like different rooms in those quick little snapshots I'm like okay if it tells me to go to this place I have to find something that looks like that so mm-hmm. I think I clicked it a couple times to watch it over and over and then I, I ate I sorry I drank all the beer like you guys and then <laughs> there was ammo you could collect I got all the ammo yeah, yeah. and um, there are a ton of SMGs but there. you couldn't pick them up right no, no I picked up all of them you, you could everything, up, yeah. everything. Huh. and I pushed ducks over yeah I pushed the ducks over also why is the action key on E what game ever well, has an action key? Lots of, almost every uh, game I've yeah. played. Is that just me not being like a PC gamer? Yeah, where I'm just like, I play pub for 200 hours, everything's on F. No, yeah, E right. is like the yeah. interact button. Is it? Yeah. yeah. E- Far Cry Primal, E. E interact button? E interact. Yeah. Okay. I use it like, it's, it's almost like the standard. It's right okay. there when you have the WSD. But a lot of times it's the mouse too, though. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. For sure. Uh, but yeah, no, I had no idea what was going on. I was just like, okay, collect information. Okay, next, next, next room, next space. Let's just keep advancing forward and hopefully piece it together a story of some kind. Based on that, I have to say this game was fantastic at environmental storytelling. They tell you so much without any dialogue and just showing you things about the environment, understanding that, like, okay, cool, there are all these bullets here and these guns. We're going to be getting into some stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's this plane here. We're going to be, like, flying around. We're going to be doing some some things. Um, I, I thought they did a great job with the environmental story. But it's, the, it's game. the game of almost doing things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. It's like, he, totally. oh man, I'm going to come so close to doing something. <laughs> was the next part of jumping on that plane? It was. Well, it took I me a while to figure I had exact same thing Rock was talking about. I jumped and I'm like, oh, guys. <laughs> here we go. Flight simulator. Here we go. And then, and then guess what? Everyone's dead. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So immediately, your your buddies Anita and William hop in the plane with you. You cut from the plane to a uh, Tarantino esque cut. Definitely. Right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you got to, Rocco? Tarantino. So much so that I think it was like I'm surprised he didn't mention it in the comments. Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it was a very Tarantino esque cut where you just see Anita bloodied with bullet holes and her holding a gun at you, and there's blood splatter on the wall and. There's a uh, grate from a vent up above that's hanging, and you just see the red from the lights in the grate, and you don't know what happened. It was just this sharp jump cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things, that I, you get a bunch of these jump, cut, jump cuts throughout the game, and I think it really makes it very cinematic in, in the way that a movie is cinematic and not in the way that a game like Uncharted is cinematic, mm. where that it's very pretty and there are a lot of explosions in the right place. This was cinematic in that they cut and jump in ways that video games don't normally do. It, they cut and jump uh, like it's a movie. Can I be yeah. the devil's advocate on that? Sure. Do you think the cuts were too abrupt? Because part of me feels, and, and that's coming from someone who played Virginia, which is all about jump cuts, mm-hmm. but they were smooth jump cuts where um, you were almost eased back into the action before it was like, hey, you're going to do a new thing. This game is all about... Here's the jump cut. Oh my God, something's happening. Definitely. I feel like they were maybe a little bit too abrupt. No? I agree. I, I completely agree. Because there were a bunch of situations that the jump cuts happened, and I thought, oh crap, my, my game glitched. And or like they didn't happen in spots where, like, the, best, the biggest part for me, which happened to me both times I played it. So, like, where you're going, and there's already been two or three jump cuts, and then you get to this clock, and it's got like, this cool Doppler effect of, like, the tick, time, tick, tick, yeah. and it's getting louder and louder, right? And then right when you go under it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really sweet jump cut. And then it goes for, like, one more second and then cuts. And I was like, that was so, like, that could have been perfect when you, like, right, right when you went under the clock, like, one log tick, and then it's just like, bam, you're next, like, next thing. Yeah. And it, you went a little bit further, and I was just like, wow, like, that seemed like a huge miss out. Is that when you're carrying your buddy? And that's when you're yeah. carrying your buddy. Why were we carrying the buddy? So, you know... Your buddy Borges gets shot. He was Swiss cheese. Yeah, you, you, you picked so, him up in that room. Yeah, and, and so then, you're in this little closet, and you have to pick him up. He's blocking the door. So you pick him up, you open the door, and you're carrying him through this airport. And so you run through a bunch of traffic of people just running in every direction. Yes. Uh, busy people in an airport. Mm-hmm. And then you stumble up across this guy with headphones on and a baggage cart for mm-hmm. his, all his luggage. And you throw the baggage off, and you put your buddy on it, and then you start wheeling them around. The around yeah. you know, uh, random thought: This is this game. This game was like a dream, not my dream, but like in general, I completely made one hundred percent like a dream. Snap cuts, different random things. You're carrying a guy through an airport. You can't remember how you got to where you were. Mm. Yeah, that's the Inception. Anyone? Well, and like that thing where, like, in a dream. The weird thing about talking about dreams is you just assume that everybody has the same exact kind of dreams. <laughs> but like, we're like, you walk up to a house and it's like almost like you're dreaming and it's like an establishing shot. And then you go in the front door and it's a different house than the one like you were right, right, right. like, yeah. when you're like, I'm going to my house and I open the front door and I'm at home, but I'm inside my friend's house. And that's kind of what the game felt like too. Like every time it does a jump cut, you're like, all right, I'm in a different place, but it's like the same place, but it's kind of a different area. You know that it's the same location, but just in a different part. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. which flight of loving am I on? Yeah. <laughs> the tenth flight? Yeah. What is, what is it? Is it about stairs? Is that what the whole thing of it is about? Is it because you have to play this game 30 times to understand it? Like, why is it called 30 flights of loving? I, I wasn't able to piece it Where's the loving, man? I, know, oh, I there was, a theory about that, too. There okay. was loving. Was there? There was, oh, there yeah, was yeah. loving. You know what there I was, was loving? Love. I just need to say this before I forget. You're, you have your guy in the cart, 
and you actually throw him underneath <laughs> the grate when it's coming down. Sideways. That's the only time where I just broke completely yeah, and I actually so laughed good. out loud. That I was, was like, that was another like what? dream moment. So you're running down that hallway. A giant like gate is like coming down to block your path. And you chuck him <laughs> forward to stop the grate from hitting the ground. Yeah. And you slide underneath with him while pushing him through. Uh. If none of this makes sense to any of you listening, it's because you need to play it to understand. This it, Mo said it, I think, in the best possible way. It's like a dream. You can't quite understand it or follow it logically. But another cool thing just happened, too, where Mo said you slide under the gate with him. Yeah. And it never actually shows you do that. Like That's another effective you thing. About you just know. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like... Oh, that's what's happening. I'm yeah. sliding under the gate, saving my friend, and we keep going. Like that's just like you know another amazing thing that just happened. Mike gave me some some props. Some props. <laughs> you deserve it. He's love. a fan. Man. <laughs> I'm part of the alt middle. There we go. We got another one, guys. Uh, I'm joining the Mo Army. Then the police comes. Yeah, which I thought was a great way to do that scene. Uh, in the developer commentary, Brendan Chung writes about how. You know, this would be really tough to do with our production schedule because it's an outdoor scene. We wanted to have a barricade of cops. Um, but because it would be outside, you'd have to do some serious blocking. You'd have to render and design a whole outdoor space. Uh, but instead, if they did it in the way they did, which was all silhouetted, um, it has a very memorable effect mm-hmm. and it's easier to produce. Um, so I think it was one of those great, you know, confluences of... Uh, of it being the most effective way to do it and uh, the most memorable way to do it. It's like Robert Rodriguez, like making a movie, right? Like you just got to do, you, you have this much money and that's all you have and do it the most effective way possible. And you got to be creative and you got to think about like, all right, I'm doing this effect, whether it kills me <laughs> and uh, how am I going to be able to pull this off with $50? Right. <laughs> Is it one storyline? I just want to double check. You guys played it multiple times. Can you get to another ending or anything? It's one. It's, it's one. Yeah, okay. it's, so we it's all saw the same thing. Absolutely. Okay. Which I think was kind of funny because, um, so after, after the police... Don't escape, forget the seagulls, though. Aren't there seagulls that come down from the ceiling that you start shooting? Your friends yes. start shooting. You start shooting. Yeah, because he's birds in your, for sure. Birds. Where yeah. was that? That was when he was in the that little was in the airport. thing. Lobby. Yeah. And you're, you're, I started running around in circles, like just help, helping him get better angles at those birds or whatever, and he's just unleading, unleading. The police bird cameras. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unleashing and it feels time. like you're helping him, but are you... <laughs> Because I wish I was. The developer commentary was really good for that. I'm like, yo, says, I got 15 guns thousand rounds. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Play the game. That's exactly how I felt. I felt like there were no stakes because it was like, I know that there's no way I'm dying in this mm-hmm. because I have no way to shoot and help yeah. out here. Yeah. And All these guns are in my cargo pants. Exactly. Then there's a large pair of cargo pants. You have I felt like I was helping them. I was giving them good angles. Was like, <laughs> I don't even know if there's any like... That was helping. The first time I played it, I was like, "Let me make sure you get some good angles." And then the second time I played it, I'm like, "I'm just going to stand in the middle of this room until all these <laughs> oh, really? cameras are dead." Oh no! I, I moved around like an, like literally backwards, <coughs> with him facing the birds and going in a circle to make sure he got them all. I smashed the number buttons trying to get my gun out. Oh yeah, <laughs> me. Oh, we that was kind of fast. It went great. That's another moment, Rocket. Where, like the things start coming out, you're like, "Oh, we're gonna <laughs> shoot! Go, we're gonna go. go! No shooting. <laughs> Almost doing something. The next couple hours of this game are gonna be really great." <laughs> <laughs> Two minutes later. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, and then there's a car chase and a wedding. What happens well, first? But before the wedding, okay, yeah, so we you, jumped all over the place, just like this game. <laughs> yeah, a lot of jump cuts. Um, so you wake up in this apartment. Uh, there are three mattresses on right. the floor. And you walk up to Anita, and she's got a box of oranges, and she's just throwing orange peels on the <laughs> ground like she was raised in a barn. And You can't uh, do that? 
I mean, they're biodegradable. You don't do that in my house. Let me tell you, Jake. <laughs> if you come over and you throw orange peels on the ground, I'm going to tell you to leave. I'm more of a Clementine guy myself. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Similar policy applies to Clementine peels. Yep. All citrus. But they're the Spanish orange. They're naranjas. Naranjas. Okay. I probably butchered that, but that's cool. Mm-hmm. I love Clementines. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so um, this is where I made a serious mistake because I didn't understand that you had needed to click to uh, peel the orange. Carried the orange. So I carried the orange. Me too. Yo, I did the exact same thing. You I serious? Thought, I thought it was part of it. I'm like, what, what are we doing? What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, me orange? too, man. I was like, when am I going to get to use this? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I realized I horribly screwed up. Same playthrough. Ate that shit right away. Because <laughs> <laughs> you go to the party and you guys bring and a cake and you're like, I'm bringing this orange. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, then you start doing the drink after drink with Anita. Yeah. Do you still have the orange? And I still have the orange in my yeah. hand. You're just like, you're just like, <laughs> you're like all, all these drinks out. are piling up. I'm like, you should eat this orange. Yeah, you're going to be wasted. When did you eat the orange the first playthrough? Uh, never. never. I never ate it. Did I, you? I did get to a point where I was like, oh, I just need to click. I don't remember. And see, what I, I ate like what? three or four of them. Listen. I'm just oh, like, what needs to one? Because I didn't realize that's the place where they got me caught. Is I'm like, dude, where do I have to go? Do I just like click the orange? Then I jumped off the world and I'm like, did maybe you go I. Up or down did you die? I, no, well, you die, but you go immediately back to where you peel okay. oranges. I, I never die. You can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had I had like a smirk come on my face when I finished the game because I ate the orange. Once it said like the end, and you're like right, kind of riding away in the sunset. I was like, I it says press escape to like quit the game. So I press escape. I'm like, I feel like it's not done yet. I mean, just keep playing this game. So I. I I didn't like click escape. I went back to like that motorcycle view. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started clicking on the orange. I started eating. I'm like, oh, these guys didn't do it. These guys definitely <laughs> didn't get this orange. It was definitely unlocked now. We didn't go back to the game. So I was waiting until this podcast was over and be like, guys, did you guys eat the orange? Yeah. <laughs> eating a crushed by spirit. Delicious orange while learning up the Bernoulli principle. No, way after. At the very, very like, okay. last bit of it. Did you guys go down the stairs to the wedding or up the stairs? Up. Okay. Up. You all went up, right? If you go down the stairs, it's hilarious. There's a little fun developer commentary thing. There's curtains, right? There's curtains. Okay. And he's like, so this is like a very clear way to make sure that, like, to poke fun of the, of the way that the game's linear, because there's a sign that says the stairs are broken. And if you look <laughs> down the stairs, there's this one stair that's flapping up and down, <laughs> up and down. I, saw, I think I saw that. Really I funny. thought that was so funny. That's great. I, really it funny. was so dumb and, like, my favorite kind of dumb. Yeah, and then definitely. And then you go up to the wedding, and... Uh, there's some cool people dancing, and I thought the like audio design of walking through the tables and crowds of people talking was great because like it's enough real chatter of people talking, but not clear enough that you can hear what they're saying or piece together any conversation. Um, so I thought that was great. And then you go over to the table with Anita and Borges, and you hit the interact key and you start doing shots, and then people get on the dance floor and then they start vertically shooting up as the world gets blurrier and blurrier as you're getting more and more inebriated. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great effect. But it's not alcoholic. So how are you getting inebriated? No, so at that what? was alcoholic. What? Um, Where did the booze come um, from? No, the well, booze is on the table Because, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're smuggling. Yeah. And we're at the smuggler wedding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, so um, the, the booze had funny names, too. They did have funny names. Do you remember what they were called? I think one was hammered and one was like moonshine, but it was something else. It was called like something else shine, okay. something else moon. I can't remember. Anyways, I thought there were a bunch of really clever names in this game. Nothing made me laugh out loud though. A couple things made him like he was like actually laughing a couple parts, but for me it was mostly just like, oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> definitely some clever stuff for sure. Yeah, I definitely thought there were some good like laugh out loud moments. Mm-hmm. 
what was another one you had? Because besides like throwing my compartner, my compartner underneath the gate, that was the only time I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud when I turned the corner and I saw the barkeep and the person at the bar were the exact same person, mm-hmm. and they were just staring at me with their big cube heads. Mm-hmm. I thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like timing wise, the other laugh would have been when you were slamming the beers and the people flew through the space. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I, I thought uh, I was watching La La Land again. <laughs> you didn't love La La Land, did you? I really love La La Land. Oh, did you? Okay, uh-huh. good because I love La La Land. Mm-hmm. I've gotten into some serious arguments with people about La La Land. It's good. It's so good. I La cried. La Land is whack. I cried. Mo, get out of here. <laughs> Leave. Hey, Mo, you know what sucks? Don't you do it, Lord of the Rings? Oh, I'm always <laughs> trying to break my heart. <laughs> <laughs> You do it. Your test to break your heart. Forties gangs. Nobody saw my hands. It's like, oh no, 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 I saw the hands. I wanted to <laughs> Jake was up. Sorry, Gollum was throwing up gang signs there. Yes, peace to all my brothers. Yes. It's like a wicked witch of the west. Is all they. Um, <laughs> what was what was the name of the fun cut? Was it fun cutter? Was was on the yeah, boxes, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, fun cutter. So that was what they—that was the term that they had in development for any cool concept or feature that they wanted to add that had to be cut because of like schedules and actually getting this game done on time. So they said, "Oh, great! Now we got to bring out the fun cutter." Uh, so they had boxes of that at the wedding. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah, I didn't see that. That's cool. That's funny. Um, I can tell you found it hilarious. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then, uh, after that, where did we end up? Car chase? Car yeah. chase? Bullets? Yeah, yeah, car chase. Oh. That, the, bullet? That, the bullet when you follow it? Oh, no. Sorry. Anita. Oh. Anita brings you back to bed. Yeah, she does. There's a very She's drunk crazy. walk. Yeah. And that's the loving part. 30 flights of loving. Because you have to climb 30 flights of stairs. <gasps> there you go. Dang. Yeah. So then this game gets weird. And, I mean, it gets even weirder. Yeah. You end up... Uh, what I would consider the end of the game after after a police chase and Anita's looking at you shooting out hearts from her mouth and uh, you end up crashing into a vehicle. Um, and as you crash through that vehicle, you end up in this essentially museum and you just see this big like Blendo game sign that says like the end. And, uh, and you're in the credits. And you're in the credits, yeah. So <laughs> you see a bunch of signs thanking Chris Remo for the music and other people on the team for developing it and uh, the Idle Thumbs guys for sponsoring it and all of these different things. But then you end up in this... I Honestly, I don't know where it came from. I don't know why it's there, but I kind of loved it. The, Ber- the Bernoulli, yeah. what was it? B- before, Principle. Before, right. you, before yeah. you even get to that one, that little credits way of doing things was really cool. Extremely like, sad. I like why. I like like why can't like who has ever watched or looked at credits or cared about the people that really made the game? Not that many people. But if you did it like that way, where it's kind of interactive and you're just walking around, even if you have like art of the game like floating around. Like, did you play that one Call of Duty where like at the end you can like go into and you can see like different like I can't remember if it was like the Spec Ops like section or something, but you'd walk into this museum and you could see all the guns in the game. You oh, can cool. pick them all up. And I think there was like a zombie level. You I totally do. know that. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. That was awesome. I, I, I sometimes when I played the game, I just went to that level and just checked out the art and like picked up all the other guns and did all. I think that it was stuff. Black Ops, right? Maybe I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Isn't the Stanley Parable like that too? Has anyone played the Stanley Parable? I, I, have. I played the mod. I did not finish it. Okay, I, I played it. I love it though. Yeah, yeah I played it. it's I, very good. I think there's a similar thing in it too. Yeah, I, I believe there is interactive credits. Just, just but, walk around. And then, but there's that awesome joke in Thirty Flights of Loving where. Um, 
you're reading the credits and everybody's looking at it like really admiring it like you're in a museum and it's yeah. just like these are credits this is so stupid but then you're like wait a minute I'm doing it too <laughs> <laughs> a little meta yeah. yeah no that's cool and then you walk into the museum sorry Mike yeah 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 so then you see the what it Bernoulli principle Bernoulli principle yeah. I thought for a second it was the Gallo Galileo principle where he like gets in a bathtub and that it shows displacement from oh, weight. Right. I thought, oh, Wait, that's what uh, we're. D- Isn't that Galileo that no, discovered like it, if you put volume in an a bathtub, group. you can find out how much it, volume it has because it displaces that much water? No, but no. I mean, I do know the principle. Yeah, it's an ancient Greek. But Bernoulli principle is all about lift, right? Right, and yeah. I didn't. I, I've heard it, mm-hmm. but I did not know it, and I feel like I actually learned something yeah. by playing this game. Yo, by the way, that's like another perfect like setup for like educational games. I would learn so <laughs> much if that if all I went. Oh, so I'm holding a piece of string to my nose, <laughs> like a mustache. <laughs> I just fidget. My, it's, it's, it's what I do. Do we need to get you a fidget spinner, Mom? I have a couple. I know. I know a guy who's got one. Yeah. So he's education games. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. No, like the, that little museum where you're walking around. And kind of shows you like visual representations of like some concepts like that's a awesome little way to teach people things i don't know even if it's just like walking around and clicking on things but doesn't it also have to be fun for a kid to want to learn oh maybe maybe Honestly, we'll do it differently i i i thought it was fun to learn that because i have seen those strips of paper at the bottom of like a fan or something mm-hmm. fly up and i had never ever thought in my life before why is that floating up when the fan is above it. But you're also not nine years old. I guess. That's right. It you're might be different. But I loved now. learning stuff when mm-hmm. I was a kid, too. Same. But think about how kids use Minecraft now. Like, I'm sure there are kids that learn things from Minecraft. Minecraft? Like, how to make fire. A lot of schools now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know they're hiring right now Minecraft ed people. Who has ever talked this much about freaking credits in any game ever? <laughs> right? The credits were my favorite part of the game. What? Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind no. of feeling that way, too. Kind of. No, but yeah, no. Spot. no, the montage was for sure my favorite part of it. Montage because it came out of nowhere. The montage is being like he's a sharpshooter. Yes, like, yeah, the jump cuts. Oh, the yeah. jump cuts were yeah. really cool for me. That was that was my favorite. That that like oh demolitions, safe breaking, uh, mechanics, pilot. Mm-hmm. I love that. I thought that was the best. Yeah, it was really cool. I want more games to do that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a great way to like very quickly give you a bunch of information, mm-hmm. and it be it it like set the tone, set the place, set a lot of what was happening because if you think about it like I feel like we've talked a lot and there was a lot of story packed into this and we've all said our playthroughs were like 20 minutes or less mm-hmm. right and that's that's another thing too where like uh, I read um, I didn't actually read any articles but I read like headlines because I was going to look into it and then I was like ah I better not but like some of them were saying you know uh, 30 Flights of Loving like packs so much so more into the, this you know, 15-minute story than most movies do in an hour and a half or whatever. And that's true, but then at the end, I couldn't help but think, like, I mean, yeah, it tells a story, and it tells it relatively well, but is it a story that's worth telling? And I didn't really... Like, if this was a short film, it wouldn't be good. And I think making it a video game, does that excuse that a little bit? Maybe, because just the idea of, like, actually controlling it sort of makes it a more entertaining experience, but at the end of the day, I'm just like, all right, I'm, these credits are the coolest part. Like, I was like way more into like the idea of looking through a museum of like these credits, and then the commentary that was just next level to me. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up just being like, this is a very interesting game that I'm never going to play again because I didn't have any fun while I was actually playing the game. Like after the game came the fun, right? 
I don't know if I could tell you what the story of 30 Flights of Loving was. I don't know if they were committing a bank heist or, uh, like, I'm not sure where the airport comes in exactly. I'm not sure who they were stealing from or what they were stealing. Um, I'm not even sure if something was stolen. I just assume that something was stolen. I'm so glad you guys don't know what the story is because I finished the game. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need some help. And as we kind of talk about it, I'm like, oh, okay, there was a heist. Okay, yeah, I knew that too. Uh, Not really, but... It was really, right. it was, I knew like a vaguely what was happening, but I didn't think there was, I was so... You can piece things together. I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit, because before you said you had a theory, and I think Rocco at one point you were like, I got a theory too, but yeah, like, yeah. you said liquor heist at one point. You had put together that there was non-alcoholic alcohol, non-alcoholic alcohol in the bar, and non-alcoholic that was a long word, uh, and that there was at the wedding. So I th- you would almost put together that they might have stolen it in their celebration was the wedding. I just don't, like... You're giving me more credit than I deserve <laughs> because you just piece those things together. I just knew that they were, like, clearly doing things outside of the law, and so this prohibition on alcohol didn't apply to them. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like this is like a lot of good movies where the fans are coming together and piecing together narratives that maybe are true and maybe that mm-hmm. aren't, um, but that's also part of the fun. Like, one of the things that I love about movies, especially Christopher Nolan films, is that he doesn't give you the whole story in a lot of cases. And so a lot is left for you to fill in, and you get to have those discussions as to, like, okay, what did this mean? What happened in this period? And I kind of feel like that's what we're doing. Are, is it a case of them stealing this alcohol and it being for the wedding? Or is it a case of them stealing something else and... You know, the alcohol just being a consequence of them living life outside the law. Damn. Heavy questions, heavy questions. <laughs> Everyone just paused there and was like, Ooh. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, oh. a little bit. You know, it's mm-hmm. weird. So, like, the fact that I played it on your MacBook Air, so I didn't pay for it. First of all, when I first, like, you told me about the game, I kind of did that little quick little search to see what was going on. It had, like, really mixed reviews. Like, people were like, oh, this is a waste of time. We used to don't download this game. Some people mm-hmm. were like, oh, they do some really neat stuff. Like, so they were a masterpiece of life. Yeah. yeah, but then like, other people were like, nah, it's not. Don't. Some people are like, literally like, don't believe the positive reviews. This isn't something that, like, you should be playing. And I was like, oh, I'm, this is going to be gone home all over again. So <laughs> I'm going to be walking around doing nothing. And I'm going to be so mad. Don't they say this is, like, the original walking simulator? Isn't that, really? isn't that the, like... That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know what it was, if it was those little vignettes, if it was the fact that I didn't pay for it, so the bar was extremely low, so <laughs> if it made me, like, smirk, I got my money's worth because I didn't pay anything, or if it was the gun. Yeah, that's... No, I, was gonna, I was waiting for you to finish because we know that it was yeah, the gun. Yeah, and to be honest, I'm kind of on Rocco's, like, team. Like, that the little ending credits was very satisfying because the game was very quick. I didn't know what was going on. I, was, I wasn't mad. I wasn't upset. I, just, I was kind of lost. And I'm like, what? This was, some visuals were really cool. The vignettes are awesome. The bullets flying and you zooming in, following mm-hmm. a bullet across like the scenery was cool. Jumping in the plane, getting excited to almost fly but not flying was cool. Mm-hmm. But maybe I'd have a different point of view if I paid like five bucks for it. And then right. I played uh-huh. it. And I'm like, After playing it, I was, that's the thing I've been trying to think about since I finished the game, which is having already played it, how much would I be willing to pay for this game if I could, like, you know, like, somehow magically go back in time and know what I was going to get out of it without actually knowing what the game was, you know? And how much would I be willing to pay for it? And it definitely isn't $5 for that short of a game and that experience. Yeah. And I think that... I have a number. 
Yeah, I have one ninety nine. I would I would pay one ninety nine for I the experience. Agree. Right, it feels right. That's that. That's two dollars. Two dollars. Yeah, get out of here. But yeah. one ninety nine. <laughs> all right, it'll come to the library, and maybe if I get to it, I get to it. Which you would. It's only like 15, 20 minutes. So I, I'd pay like a two seventy five Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I I don't know if I would if I would necessarily pay money for it. Yeah, um, I could see this being at a museum. Didn't you? Or I I, I see I got it in a humble bundle. Back when I, I was buying, I back when I was it. buying all the humble bundles, because I was like, "Yo, look at all these games! I'm gonna play these someday." I never played them. That's why but we're doing this podcast. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know how much I paid for it. But I think I would love to. Like, say I was at a, a PAX or something, I would have loved to walk up and play this game and just like walk back through the line and be like, "I don't know what I just played. Just like, let's talk about it after the fact." The fun for the for me for this game is not playing the game. It's talking about it with you guys. 100%. And I don't think I would have had any... I might not have derived much enjoyment out of it if I didn't have this. 100%. 100%. If I played the game and I didn't do anything afterwards, I would be like, that was irritating. Mm -hmm. Why would I just waste my 15 minutes? But the fact that I finished it, I'm like, okay, I'll be able to talk to someone about it. That kind of makes it kind of worth it. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed... I, I, I love talking about games, but specifically this game because there were so many holes in the story or at least things that weren't made explicitly clear that other people can have interpretations on that we, I think we all shared our different views on. And I thought that made it a little more interesting, a little bit better than, than, uh, than typical. I have a tough time figuring out how much I would pay for it because I was more than happy to kickstart the Idle Thumbs podcast to bring them back. So getting this game was just like, sure, a bonus. I'll, I'll, play this maybe sometime never and <laughs> when jacob's like hey we should play this game cool i've got a copy i've had a copy for a long time never played it i might have multiple copies because i also bought a ton of humble uh, humble bundles um so yeah it's uh i'm, I'm really glad we played it though and Honestly, i really enjoyed it i'm wondering if it's only five dollars because of the kickstarter to make it fair to the people who kickstarted that thing you know it might be because it does seem like kind of an unfinished game in a way where like that was my theory about that stool thing. I'm like, oh, I probably did something at one point, and they just thought it was funny to leave right. it. Because there's a lot of little in-jokes in the game where, like... So many in-jokes. Yeah. So there's quadrilateral cowboy posters, which is uh, the next game. The sequel to it. Yeah, basically. the sequel. Yeah. Uh, there were uh, baboo posters, which is like an idle thumbs joke. Mm. Um, there are all kinds of little in-jokes throughout, throughout the game. Oh, I forgot about the coolest thing. What is the coolest it, thing? It was How something, can you forget what the coolest thing is? I forgot about it, and it <laughs> made me so happy when it was happening. Because it wasn't like a gameplay thing. It was just a visual, purely visual thing. When all the ads flipped over to wine posters. I thought that was oh, so good. Yeah. So cool. cool. I feel like I've seen so that before, good. but yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's in like a Minority Report or something. Yeah, it's like a movie yeah. that does it really well. But yeah. it was so cool, like the way Adjustment that they did it. Yeah, yeah you're walking I never down. saw that, so maybe that does it too, though. I have a super hot take about the game. This would be the best thing that you would ever find on eBombsWorld or Newgrounds.com back in the day. 100%. Frog Fractions. That's exactly where my mind went. And that, that game is $0. I was going to say, Frog Fractions is free and is top 10 experiences I've ever had playing a game. Like, that, that's, where I put, that's where I put my five, like $5. Like, $5 is cheap, but Frog Fractions was free. So, <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep that in mind. And have you guys played Frog Fractions? I, I, honestly, what, it's one of those holes in my... Which one is Frog Fractions? I feel like, isn't... Like, putting what, that one in the book? Uh, yeah, I mean, isn't it taken down? Uh, so, no, you can still... I played it as recently as six months ago. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat and as I you. I go back and play it. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if we got Frog Hacking was a game that was, was that framed as you know, a, an educational math game. Uh, and then as you oh, progress, I play this game. I play this game. I put hours into this game, I'm pretty sure. Really fun. Yeah. But did you play really it? Fun. Did you put hours into it? No, I probably put like five, ten minutes in there. <laughs> But did you? Like, did, why do I do math? No, yeah, I, I, it's you no. Know, I either played it or I, I saw like some kind of viral video about like how addicting it, it was. was the and then it gets pretty. Was it? it? Be right. What were this called? No, no clip. The no clip. No doc- clip. No clip. That Daniel yeah. Dwyer did a documentary about them. Gotcha. Yeah. Discovering mystery. I think I've re- referred to it on a separate podcast about Splunky, that game, and right. Doom. Uh, it might have been tied into that. Oh, is it John Blow's game? Yes, yeah. and yeah, it was John Blow. Yep. Uh huh. It was a video about those three games. Uh, I've got a Mass Effect two safe to load in. So Frog 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 Two. Yeah. Yeah. So where have I seen we'll this? this game? I'm looking it up on my phone. I've seen it somewhere. I'm you guys talk about Frog Fractions. I could listen to people talk about that game all day long. Sounds like we're gonna play Frog Fractions. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like we're playing Frog Fractions at some point. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, but Mo, did you did you discover the thing with Frog Fractions? Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm mad at brother. Don't spoil it. <laughs> No, I'm not going to look it up. Just in case. Don't look, don't it, look up, it up, please. Because you, you would know. You didn't discover it. You would ruin it, it if you looked it up. I feel it. like I know. I don't think you do. I feel like when, when I see what it is, I'd be like, oh, I've seen this before. The best thing about Frog Fractions is showing it to someone and watching them play it. And the payoff is just insane. It's so good. So that, that game, like, that's what I was saying. Like, all I could think about after I finished 30 Flights of Blowing was like, all right, this is kind of like an art game. It's like kind of a jokey game. And I was just comparing it in my mind to like Frog Fractions and, and uh, Jazz Punk, which is a similar art style and it's another. And I think Jazz Punk's also really good. I think I got that in the Humble Bundle. Maybe that's why I think I have 30 flights of Bundle. I also have Jazz Punk. I, I'm sure we bought all the Humble Bundles yeah. at the same time. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts about uh, 30 Flights of Loving? No, just that I had a really good time playing it. I thought it was, uh, thought it was a great game. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely glad I played it. Because I think it's like a good um, jumping off point for talking about other things. It's going to be a nice thing to compare other games to. Yeah. And I'm glad I have it like, you know, in my arsenal of talking about things. But, <laughs> but I will never play it again. I probably wouldn't like allow someone to spend $5 on it. <laughs> Unless they have like disposable income. Rocco's like, swatting credit cards out of people's hands. Just, I'm just, I'll be just like, oh, God, Mike, can you come over? My friend's got to play three fights of love. Just <laughs> bring your hands <laughs> Pass it around. I can, in good conscience, let him pay the money to play this <laughs> game that I played for free, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, this thing's based off the Quake 2 engine, is it not? Uh, there were three uh, engines or different development tools that I saw in the credits there. I did see a Quake 2 engine. I think it was a mod on the Quake 2 engine. And, uh, Mo, what do you think about this game? Meh, it's good. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. It's. I, I came into it wanting to hate it. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going to be walking soon later, but pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I can't believe your lack of disappointment with not being able to shoot one of those. There were guns. 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 Oh, there were guns. guns. There were guns. There was shooting. The, the, the fact that, see, that's worse though, right? You liked that they existed, but like they, they there's they, no interaction. They, they literally let you pick them up and load them. Defines and then Chekhov's made guns. the sound. It absolutely does. Yeah. And that is a satisfying sound. Yeah. It is, man. Oh, God, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would be even worse if they like showed you loading it like Man Black style, like the load up, like that'd be like, cool. And then you just don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> so Rocco, I hear that you like to submit reviews about things on the internet. 
Uh, yes, I only write reviews for my very favorite podcasts. And and what would those podcasts be? I understand This American Life is a podcast. Uh, yeah, I've heard a review of that. Serial is a podcast, too. Uh, yep, I write reviews for all the greats. Is it, is about, and, and the greats? There's another one called Left Behind Game Club I don't, that I wrote a review on. Don't know that one. It sounds amateur. Tell us about it. It's a five-star podcast. No way. Really? Yeah. So what it's should people do? It's up there with do? Radio Lab, uh, Comedy <laughs> okay. Bang Bang. I just list podcasts for 45 minutes. <laughs> so what should people do if they... If if they agree with you that it's a great podcast. And Rocco does not have a gun to his head and being asked this question. He's, well, he's saying, uh, I mean, Rocco I might not be able to get back to the States tonight <laughs> if he gives the wrong answer here. Rocco, what should they do if they think it's a five-star well, podcast? Well, they should go on iTunes. They should leave a, a five-star review. Okay. And what? And my name's Angry Alvin, and I and I'm angry, and and Who keeps letting this angry Alvin in. And and this podcast stinks, especially that new guest Rocco can't even pronounce his last name. What do I, what do I do with my review if it's three stars, Rocco? If it's three stars, you 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 write it on a piece of paper, and you think about it for a week, <laughs> and you think about it, and you think like, is it really three stars? And then you re- you realize like, no, I'm cool. I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. And then you write a five-star review on iTunes. That's actually very helpful, Rocco. Why are the other hosts not as helpful as you? See, Ellen's going to come around, you guys. You just got to give him some of that American charm. You're right. That's it. We're too Canadian for for, (laughs) Because people definitely say American charm over Canadian charm. Uh, Yeah. Oh, we're very polite, actually, uh, over there. (laughs) Over there. (laughs) I don't really know what direction it is from this place. And I think that's the show. That's the show. Angry Alvin just left in a in a in a huff. <laughs> you know what? He actually seemed happier than when he came in. I think he was Rocco's dulcet tones. It's that and northern hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and his great directions on what to do if he thinks the podcast is worth anything less than five stars. Michael. Hello. Hello. Where Jacob. can people find you on the internet? Find me at RuflowM on most places online and MichaelRuflow.com. And Mo, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Ember Toddy. And Rocco, if people want to find you on the internet, can they find you on the internet? No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And I've had Jacob McCord on everything. And with that, that's our show. Do 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 I thought this bit died last last. It did, yeah. Yeah, you guys just killed it. No, they no, yeah, we did. We did kill it. No, you We killed it. No, you murdered it. Mm-hmm.